0: Morning and welcome to the Crisis to Comfort podcast. I'm your host, Katie Mickelson, and today we are going to be talking about sleep. If you recall, episode number 6 was titled Tips to Better Managing Your Mental Health, and I gave a brief explanation of the different things that it takes to better manage mental health. There are 3 steps. The first one is to start with the basics, which is sleep, nutrition, and physical exercise. Number two is to talk to somebody. And number three is to practice what you know. Today is the first part to the Better Manage Your Mental Health series, and we are going to be taking a deeper dive into sleep and talking about how sleep can affect our mental health. Today's inspirational quote is, the best bridge between despair and hope is a good night's sleep by E. Joseph Crossman. Sleep is very closely connected to our emotional and our mental health. There's a reason why people say, someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed when you're in a bad mood. If you get good sleep, your mood will be better. If you do not sleep good, you might wake up in a bad mood. Many mental health disorders can make it really hard for a person to sleep. But also, poor sleep and insomnia can worsen or initiate mental health problems. Poor mental health and poor sleep are complex, and they can be affected by many different things. But because they are so closely related, there is a strong reason to believe that improving sleep can be beneficial to mental health. I want to briefly talk about sleep cycles and the sleep stages so you can get a basic understanding of what happens while you're asleep. So as we sleep, our body goes through cycles, different rounds of sleep, and typically we go through four to six per night, and each cycle is shorter, and as the night goes on, they progress and get longer each time. Within each of these sleep cycles are sleep stages, and there are four stages of sleep, The first one is called N1, and this is when you are just starting to fall asleep. It typically lasts for one to seven minutes, and our bodies are not fully relaxed, and so when we're in this N1 stage of sleep, it can be really easy for us to be woken up by the outside world. The second stage of sleep is called N2, and in this stage, our body drops in temperature, we become more relaxed in our muscles, our breathing slows, as well as our heart rate. This is known as light sleep. Typically, it lasts from 10 to 25 minutes, but as the night goes on, they get longer and longer. About half of our sleep time is actually spent in light sleep, or N2. The third stage of sleep is called N3, or deep sleep, and this is when our body relaxes even more. This is a crucial time for our body to recover from our workouts and also to grow. So it's very important that children are hitting this N3 deep sleep stage of sleep to ensure that their body grows the way that it needs to. Deep sleep contributes to insightful thinking, creativity, and memory, and so it's also really important for our brains that we're getting enough of this sleep. Also, in the N3 stage of sleep, we typically start out from 20 to 40 minutes, and unlike other stages, it gets shorter as the night progresses and goes on. So the longest you're going to be in it is going to be that first cycle, and it's going to be anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. And then the fourth stage of sleep is called REM, which stands for rapid eye movement. This is when the brain activity actually increases significantly and our muscles actually relax even more. We reach a state of atonia, which is a temporary paralysis of the muscles. And so our bodies are very relaxed. The only muscles that are being used are our eye muscles and our breathing muscles. This stage of sleep increases cognitive functions like memory, learning, and creativity. So it's very important for our brains to reach this REM stage of sleep. Also, during REM, our brain is detoxifying the toxins in our brain. And so if we don't get enough time in REM because our sleep patterns are disrupted, those toxins can just build up over time and you might feel brain fog or you may feel like your brain is not working properly. Your dreams in REM are much more vivid because there is so much brain activity. And the first few cycles that you go through, the REM is going to be shorter. But as you continue throughout the night, each cycle is going to get longer and longer. And actually the time that you spent in N3 or deep sleep is being replaced by that REM stage of sleep. The total REM time is is about 25% of our sleep time. I have been taught about sleep cycles and sleep stages multiple times throughout my life, and they have really felt over my head a lot of that time, and I just didn't understand. And it actually took writing it out and looking at different images on Google for it to finally click and for me to be able to make sense of that. And so if I'm saying this and it just does not feel like you're able to absorb this information, please Google it. Use Google Images to look at a different infographs, and that can help you understand the sleep cycle and the sleep stages a lot better. Now, there are so many things that can play a part in being able to get proper sleep. Age is a factor, Newborns are the ones who typically get the most time spent in REM, but the older you get, the less time you spend in that sleep cycle. Recent sleep patterns can play a huge part in how you sleep. Irregular or insufficient sleep over a period of time can equal abnormal sleep patterns. If you drink alcohol or do other drugs before bed, that can play a big part in the amount of time spent in REM. It is Lower time spent in REM earlier in the night, but as the drugs and alcohol wear off, you actually have a REM rebound and REM stages are prolonged. And lastly, sleep disorders can cause interrupted sleep cycles. 300 million people worldwide have depression, and of those 300 million people, 75% of them actually have insomnia. Sleep problems and depression are mutually reinforcing each other and have a biodirectional relationship, which means that if somebody has depression, the chances of them having insomnia are more likely, or if somebody has insomnia, the chances of them having depression are more likely. And so it's hard to know which one is the cause of the other, and it kind of feels like a cycle. Because I have depression, I'm not going to sleep good. But because I don't sleep good, it makes my depression worse and so on and so forth. It just feels like a never-ending thing. So where do you start to make that better? 20% of adults and 25% of teenagers have anxiety. And there are many different types of anxiety. OCD, PTSD, general anxiety disorder, um, social anxiety disorder, panic disorder, specific phobias, and all of these leave a person in a state of worry and fear which keeps the mind racing. Mind racing is also known as hyperarousal which is a contributor to insomnia. People with bipolar disorder tend to experience sleep pattern changes depending on their emotional states. If they are having a manic episode, they might get less sleep. Or if they're having a depressed episode, they might get more sleep. This leads to irregular sleep patterns, which can really throw off that sleep cycle. Schizophrenia, ADHD, and anybody on the autism spectrum have a higher chance for sleep problems because their mind is somewhere else. It's very similar, I think, to anxiety. We're in a state of worry and fear that just keeps our mind racing which leads to insomnia and irregular sleep patterns. So how do we get better sleep each and every night? We have to improve our sleep hygiene, which is our sleep environment and our sleep-related habits. The first thing you can do is to create a consistent sleep schedule. So practice that bedtime routine. Wind down eliminate screen time up to an hour before you should be to sleep. You want to go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning, even on the weekends. I know it's not always fun to wake up early in the mornings, but this can help with those sleep patterns and creating a consistent sleep cycle. It's important to increase natural daylight When the sun comes up, that tells our bodies that it's time to be awake and we can be more alert. When the sun goes down, that tells our bodies that it's time to rest. It's important, like we talked about earlier, to avoid alcohol and other drugs before bed because of the ways that it affects our REM. You can eat more tryptophan-rich foods, which are things like pineapple, banana, canned tuna, and milk. There are so many other foods as well that have tryptophan in them but that just helps your body relax. My doctor actually prescribed me a L-tryptophan vitamin and it's just a chewable vitamin that I take before bed and it helps my body to produce more serotonin. That way I can sleep better. Eliminate any noise or light disruptions that you may have in your room. So shut your TV off. If you have your phone plugged in in your room, turn the screen brightness down and also silence it so that if somebody texts you or calls you, it's not going to disrupt your sleep patterns. Invest in a good mattress sheets, and pillows so that you are comfortable while you're sleeping and you don't feel like you're tossing and churning and waking up every five minutes because you're uncomfortable. An ideal temperature is about 65 degrees for sleeping. You don't want to be too cold and you don't want to be too hot. And so setting a lower temperature on your thermostat can help our bodies to just sleep better. Increase your water intake. It's important to drink a lot of water. You can also make sure that you're getting enough exercise throughout the day. Often exercising in the mornings can help you sleep better at night. And lastly, be sure to declutter the space that you're sleeping in. If you have so many pillows, you might find yourself waking up because you can't move or... If you have a lot of empty cups and water bottles and dishes around your bed space, that might affect your sleep as well. It's important to have a clean, decluttered space. If you think you have any sleep disorders like sleep apnea, it's important to talk to your doctor. Addressing underlying issues can help you create a more restorative and complete sleep cycle. It's time for the comfort question of the day. So grab your journal, grab your favorite thing to write with, make yourself comfy, and let's journal. Today's comfort question is, how did I sleep? So take the time to consider how you slept last night, if it was good, and try to determine the things that you could do to improve your sleep. I'll share with you my bedtime routine. So, every night at about 8 o'clock p.m., I brew myself a nice warm cup of Renew. And this is a product by Soul Naturals that helps you sleep. It helps your body restore and heal from the day's activities and it helps you wake up feeling more rested. So, I brew that hot cup of Renew. I put my phone on Do Not Disturb and I try to do something. That helped me wind down and feel good. Most of the time that is grabbing my favorite book and reading for an hour or so. Sometimes I sit in a nice bath, sometimes I might stretch. Whatever it is I do though I try to stay off of my phone. I also take my L-tryptophan vitamin and I relax for about an hour and a half before trying to fall asleep My normal fall asleep time is usually, on good days, about 10 o'clock. I've told you before how I suffer from anxiety, and so that keeps my brain up at night. I'm constantly thinking, and that makes it really hard for me to fall asleep. And so if I can't start my bedtime routine early, then I will not be falling asleep until very late. And then I'm not getting enough sleep and I'm not hitting all my sleep cycles and I wake up feeling crappy. So practicing that bedtime routine for me and starting it at a good time is so important. As part of the comfort question, ask yourself, did I get seven to nine hours of sleep? Seven to nine hours of sleep is the ideal amount of sleep each night. Some people can function on just seven hours of sleep, while other people need closer to that nine hour mark. Personally, my happy spot is eight hours. But finding that time that works best for you is so important. It's important to get enough sleep, and it's also important to not get too much sleep. If I sleep for more than nine hours... I am very slow moving throughout the day. I have a hard time getting up. I feel foggy all day. And so getting the eight hours for me is always best. And the last part of our comfort question, ask yourself, did I wake up feeling rested. For me, sometimes it takes an hour or so for me to really get moving in the mornings and to know whether or not I had a good night's rest. I have never been that person to just jump right out of bed, bushy-tailed and wide-eyed. I need some time to wake up. But after about 45 minutes to an hour, I can usually tell whether or not I had a good night's sleep and how the rest of my day is really going to go. Now I want to also say that if you did not get a good night's sleep there are other things that you can do to ensure that you don't have a bad day. We're going to talk more about those types of things over the next few days and we've also talked about a few of those things in past episodes. So if you have a little extra time today you can refresh yourself and listen to some of our old episodes. If you're up to date and you're feeling good, then I will speak to y'all tomorrow when we talk about nutrition. Lastly, I want to leave you with our daily affirmations. Affirmations are so important, and I have made a reel where I show you my nighttime affirmation routine. So I feel like it's really fitting for today's episode and I would encourage you all to go check that out on Instagram and as well as on our Facebook group, The Crisis to Comfort Community. For now, head to the mirror, look at yourself and speak to yourself with love and intent and repeat after me, today is going to be a great day. I can do hard things. I am free in this present moment. I am happy with who I am. I embrace myself lovingly. I am breathing slowly and deeply. I inhale relaxation and exhale stress. Today is going to be a great day. Don't forget to follow Crisis to Comfort on Instagram and join our Facebook group at the Crisis to Comfort Community. If you or a loved one are experiencing crisis, text or call 988 for help.